It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, Terminator Dark Fate. Hey, hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky, and I'm joined once again with my brother, Dusty. Dusty, what is the haps? What's up, dude? Hey, do you know a great way to make a lot of money on a movie and not spend very much on a script? No. You basically take a movie that you already did and change a couple things in it, and then you have the same exact movie, and you just play it again and make money on it. What do you think about that? Does that sound like a good idea? It does sound like a good idea, assuming you can pull a fast one on your audiences. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't know if they did that on this one, but this is the exact same movie as the first one, in my opinion. What do you think? It kind of feels very much like it. Uh, it's just fitting with the whole theme of somebody is important to the future against the uh, uh, the robot's mission, and now they've got to go back and kill them. So I guess same basic elements. No, it's not just the same. It's literally the same everything other than you put a little twist like a different person. Have a woman that looks like a man play the... Uh, um, uh, McKen- Mackenzie Davis, her, you know, play Grace, um, just be all butch and everything and then have and flip the script that instead of being the womb, that is important. It's she's important and all that sort of stuff. You know, just a couple little things and have Terminator actually there. Oh my goodness. I'm going to say right off the bat, I am sorely disappointed in this movie. I'm going to go ahead and say that. What do you think? I am not disappointed at all with the movie. I really did enjoy it. It's like last time when we talked about you know, kind of repeating the same story. As long as they do it right, it's still good. Like, I have a pepperoni pizza today. I'm going to love the same pepperoni pizza next week and three weeks from now. They pulled off this story very well, I felt. So I actually enjoyed it very much. Okay, so it was entertaining, like the action and stuff. But you got a 70-year-old woman taking down you know, a Terminators, that's not very likely. I guess I'm going to pull up so many holes. But here's a big one. The like the whole premise of everything trying to save um, Danny. Here's a big one. Okay, so what happens in The Walking Dead? When we watch The Walking Dead, who are the main bad guys? At least when we stopped watching it, there was a main group of bad guys. Who was who was that, and who were the leaders of it, or who was the leader of it? Negan. Negan and the saviors and the saviors. Now, the whole premise of this movie is that Danny is the leader of the resistance, right? Yes. Okay. Now, the only and I, this is going to be people are going to say, "Oh man, that's 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 not right. That's sexist and all that sort of stuff." The only reason why Danny would ever be the leader of a resistance is if a man like Negan does not rise up and literally rape her and destroy her and kill her. That's just it's just the fact. It's simple fact that a woman would not be able to literally lead everything and not be killed and not be taken over. There's you know, society has been around for thousands and thousands of years, and there's never been so many. And obviously, because of capitalism, because of the West, women are rising up and doing some great, great things. But it's only been until now. Now, if the West gets destroyed, if the uh, law and order gets destroyed, it's barbarism, it's horribleness, it's evil. Well, men are absolutely stronger than women. And so the whole principle of Danny leading all these bad people, all these people, and not having any bad people come after them, I just really don't. I, that, that was really kind of for me. I thought they they, they tried to take the first, ep- uh, first story 
and twist it on it, but it just it didn't work for me. What do you think about that? Um, I see what you're saying, but I'm fine with the idea that it's possible for a woman to lead up and lead or uh, to rise up and lead a resistance. I don't see that how that's but, impossible. But the main resistance that the Terminators have to go back, like she is the crux, she is everything. They have to go back and literally kill her. That is implausible. In fact, think of over the thousand or, you know, people would say we've been around for millions of years, but I say thousands. Anyways, has there ever been a time that a woman has been able to do that without a man destroying her? Uh, I have no idea. I'm not a history buff. I know that there have been queens in the past who ruled entire countries, so I don't see why it's impossible. Because the 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 man the 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 dad or the king left the queen in charge, and then the people around around her. I completely agree with that. But that is without Barbara. Anyways, let's move on. I was thinking about barbarism and cannibalism and and how evil people are. So I just think this whole storyline it was just really really bad. And you know what? What's probably going to happen is after we get off this, you're probably going to think after I bring up all, so many irritating things about this movie, you're going to be like, you know what? Maybe it's not that great, but it was entertaining. Don't get me wrong. The action felt good. Um, I think the only saving grace for this movie was Arnold. That's my opinion. He was the only reason why it was actually any good. Yeah, I, well, yes, I did enjoy Arnold in the movie very much, but I also enjoyed all the other characters. You know, leading up to this, I think one of the big issues was uh, we we're recording this a week after or the week after its first weekend debut and it debuted to really dismal numbers dismal sales and i think the reason why is because kind of like what you're saying this movie was kind of geared towards female empowerment and women in power and i think that turned off a lot of its automatic fan base you know like the same reason people didn't go see that remake of the ghostbusters or didn't go watch oceans 8 because it's like they're trying to cram female power and empowerment down our throats you know they don't want to go watch so i think that is a big issue here with this movie but i did like all the females i did like danny and then Mackenzie davis and then linda hamilton as well i thought all their characters were cool and they were doing things that they should do now one of the things because uh, i heard that the numbers for this movie were no good i i was expecting to be let down by the movie so here's what i did dust um I filled up my flask with some really good rum and I went to the movie purposely and I I gave myself permission. I said, Sky, you can go ahead and drink during this movie and feel free to enjoy the heck out of it. You don't have to think about all the female empowerment or any of the kind of subtle messages they're trying to put behind the movie. And I think because I went in with that attitude, with some rum, I really did enjoy it. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I did really enjoy the action scenes. I thought when they brought Arnold in, the way they brought him in and all that sort of stuff, I didn't mind that at all. But yeah, I mean, literally the woman looks like a man. I'm like, and yeah, uh I just, I'm all for empowering women. In fact, if you go back thousands of years, women had, they were basically property. And so now they, it's... it. Life in America and in the West is so fantastic for women. So it's great. I love that. But when they try to shove it down our throats, and uh, it's it gets to be too much. But now there's one thing that I really appreciated that they did not do that they could have done. They could have said, hey, America and the West is horrible. And they could have, you know, tried to get people across the border. They could have done a lot of stuff that was outside of, you know, the female empowerment. Um, and, but they didn't, you know, they even had Arnold say, plus 
this is Texas. You know, that's, uh, you know, he has an American flag. The other couple of guys have American flag. And so they didn't make the America or the West look like evil people at all. I did like how they had it in like new, er, sorry, in Mexico instead of in America. I, I didn't mind that at all. I was a little irritated having to read so much of the, uh, um, uh, subtitles. I was like, come on. I, I don't want to come here and read. I don't want to learn. <laughs> so, but I did like that. It's not just America that they're coming back to. It's kind of like the Mexico or something like that. But, um, they, the only thing that they were trying to go after was female empowerment, which I'm not against at all. Just realistic. Like, but, um, I did like how they did not say America's horrible. Let's, let's take down America. Yep. I agree with you right there as well. And, uh, one of the things, like, I was fine with them being in Colombia or Guatemala, whatever country it was. And that intro scene, right, with Linda Hamilton, or I should say Sarah Connor's flashback to her son, John, dying, that, like, as soon as I saw, like, it was going to go back in time, right? But then when you look at Linda Hamilton's face, that's not CG uh, making her younger, right? I think they pulled uh, tape from the cutting room floor from Terminator 2, and they used it in this movie, which I thought was perfect because Edward Furlong looked like his old 14-year-old self. You know, Linda Hamilton looked like her 40-year-old self. They didn't try to... to uh, to, to CG because I really hate when um, like in in Gemini Man it just looked terrible Will Smith younger I don't think they do a good job with that yet so I appreciated cutting room fl- floor footage I think I think that was the first thing that I really was like man that was super cool because they had to have I in my opinion they had to have had that I, now if they did a computer like if computer wise they did best all this CG ever but literally. I was blown away. I was like, that looks like it was literally shot today. So I everything about that scene was super cool. Edward Furlong was in it, so he got a little bit of credit for it. And so I remember looking up on the INBB to see if Edward Furlong was in it. And um, so he was, but for literally two seconds, and then he's gone. But I thought that was brilliant. I loved, loved that aspect. Now, the, the little twist in the storyline that I did appreciate was that with Terminator 2, they actually did stop Skynet. They actually did stop that and that everything, because when you're leaving Terminator 2, it's like, what else do they have? Like, what else is it? About now, what's interesting is even though Skynet goes away, now you have Legion. And it seems like no matter what, if you keep playing the storyline out and watch, it'll be Terminator 8, 83. It'll be a different name. It'll be like, you know, the worldwide uh, supercomputer, whatever. They'll give it, but it's like, over and over again, it'll be the same thing. Eventually, what they're saying is that humans will eventually figure out a way to destroy themselves by creating computers that think and that can attack. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that's one of the messages of this movie. We are in danger of destroying ourselves with our own need to create technology and artificial intelligence and stuff. And uh, I have an answer for this, but I was wondering if you gave it in a, any thought. How, if they stopped Skynet, how did John Connor still get killed by another Terminator? Oh, then the reason why is because they, and she says this, at the same time they sent him in Terminator 2, they sent... um uh, the T-1000, they sent an older Terminator. Yeah, and so they sent more than one. And so this, they were hiding out, they were away, and then he finally caught up to them. So it was exact same time that they was sent. Ah, see, I, I figured that was the answer. I didn't catch her explanation of it. I didn't hear that part, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So that's, in my opinion, that's what it was. It could have been 
I don't know if she meant exactly like Terminator 2 time or Terminator 1 time, but it said in the past they sent multiple, and that was one of them. And she said eventually in the story, she said that every few years she gets an anonymous text telling her where to go. So maybe when they sent that original Terminator 2 Terminator, like you said, they probably sent like seven or eight different ones throughout the years to kill John in case he was still alive. Yeah, and they didn't have to send them all at the same time. If you think of how time travel, like if hot tub time machines taught me anything, we can do a lot with time. Mm -hmm. So... They could, you know, instead of like in two or 1997 or 95 when it was or 91, sorry, was when Terminator 2 was released. Let's say they send back to 1991. They could have said, well, let's just send another one back to, you know, 2000. Let's send another one back. You know, at the same time when they're sending all of them back, let's just send them at different times to arrive in. So, yeah, that's I like that. Now, here's what's really interesting, too. There's a couple of things and little nuances. Now, number one, apparently computers don't learn or they can't learn or they haven't learned that if you just try to take out one person, it's well, I guess because it's Skynet, then Legion. So they're not learning in a sense. But if you take out just the leader, somebody else is going to rise up somebody else like that's how humans work. And just like humans will eventually create another machine that's going to kill himself. A human, some humans will eventually take over as a leader, even if you kill Danny, it's still going to go after, um, uh, the, the 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 right one and then somebody else is going to rise up yep yep true that true that but here's the thing if they just keep on sending terminators into the past to kill whoever rises up uh they're probably just going to be able to hold on to power assuming their terminators can complete the task yeah so now i'm going to jump right into my first lesson because i really want to talk about it um in the rest of the episode that we're doing on so my first lesson is the, oh shoot, how does the saying go? I wrote it down, but it's not the right way to say it. Um, the best defense is a good offense. I think that's mm-hmm. how it's said. So yeah, the best defense is a good offense. Now, what do you think should be doing offense? Like, why, why would I think that is my lesson? I'm going to ask you, and it's going to be a very obscure question for you, but how can, like, in this movie, what's a good offense? For the humans? Sure, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I guess they could try to do what they did in part two and go destroy the computer complex that Legion was housed in or kill the creators of Legion. Exactly. Wholeheartedly. But then that would be a little bit too much like part two. You said that one of the reasons you didn't like this movie is because they repeated too many of the themes from prior movies. If now they went to go destroy Legion, that would be another repeat of the prior movies. You would like this movie even less. Well... I could, I can, I definitely grant you that. But in a lesson that I've learned is go stop the source, you know, be on offense. And so, yeah, I would not disagree that that would probably be irritating to me that they, you know, rehash the same thing, which, oh, well, you know, the, at the same time, the humans are always on defense uh, in these storylines. The humans now need to be on offense. And we see when humans get on offense, when John Connor rises up or Danny rises up in the story, um, they go on offense, but it's like an offensively, it's it's not attacking. It's an offense to like, actually, no, they're always on defense, I, I must say. It seems like they're always, an offense would be literally, let's go find them. And in Terminator 2, that's when Sarah Connor gets on offense and says, let me, let me go after Skynet now. So... Yes, that's my first lesson, is the best defense is a good offense. 
I like that lesson. That is a really good one, and you're right. It is kind of tough to go on offense, though, when you're hounded uh, by an unstoppable machine that you have no way to defeat. So the first plan right now is to defeat this thing that's coming after you instead of trying to, you know what I mean? Because the duration of this movie, it only took place over a couple days. I mean, they were just basically on the run the whole time. Maybe not really a good opportunity to go on offense, but I do agree with you. That is a better plan. Yeah. And one thing that really is interesting and they don't bring it up and I don't blame them for not because it kind of, it'd be a rabbit hole. You have to really try to explain, but how in the world did they know exactly at what time and when and everything to send the um, uh, grace, send her back in time too, specifically, like how did they figure that out? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. So but like, I, you're right. Like you said, that opens up too many and that's just too much to try to explain now. That's just yeah. a waste of the audience's time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's the hard thing about time travel. And th- there's a reason why time travel is false. Like you literally cannot time travel is because time is linear. It's only going one way. You cannot time travel is. And so every single time you try to figure out time travel, it, there's a there's a problem with it because it's false. If something's true, it's always true. Like two plus two is always going to be four. It's never going to be eight. You know, so it's always true. And so with time always being linear, you're never going to have faults if you're going linear. But if you're trying to go back and forth, there's always, well, what about this? And what about this? And so that's my opinion with time travel. But in movies like this, you just have fun. You know, yes. you just say, hey, just turn off your brain to the arc of time travel, just like with Avengers Endgame. That was a lot of fun. I never actually saw a hot tub time machine. But, uh, you know, like all the time travel movies, you just say, hey, let me just listen to the story or I guess understand the story as they're telling it and turn off my brain to, hey, what about this and what about this? Yep. I agree with you. I like that. For most time travel movies, you have to turn off your brain because as soon as you realize that the physics are impossible, then that would nullify the whole story for you. Other than Bill and Ted's, that one's like gospel. Like you, you, that, <laughs> yep. you follow that to a T. Like that's perfect. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, so my very first lesson is simply do the right thing now and come what may. So those two people um, uh, that were making out on top of the car when a uh, Grace appeared and you know she's naked falling down from a bridge yeah you've got to go help her you don't know what's going to come from that like at one point he said oh man we shouldn't have helped you or or you know why did we do that or whatever but no you got to do what's right right now and then you know if something bad comes of it and eh, so be it you know no good deed goes unpunished that's a great point you got to help i mean oh uh Alita, you know, I do not stand by in the presence of evil. I know mm-hmm. that's another another good point is, you know, if it's the right thing to do to help somebody, you can't turn your back. In fact, if you have like, remember the Seinfeld, the very last episode of Seinfeld, where one of the guys is getting mugged, and they're just standing across the street, across the street just laughing, and just like looking at him, laughing at him. They actually get put in jail for not doing anything. Not saying that that's the right way to go, but you should always be doing the right thing. Absolutely. And so I wanted to quickly talk about, you know, we're going to, we're on our lessons right now, but I want to quickly jump into the, um, it, the budget for this was one point or sorry, $185 million. Now that's, that's a lot of money. It's a not as, I thought it was going to be closer to like three. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't as, as expensive. Well, plus the probably the reason why is they just took the same script and use it all over again. So it's saving a couple million dollars. Um, but, uh, Opening weekend was thirty thousand. Sorry, thirty million dollars in the box office here 
Um, and then the gross worldwide was one point, or sorry, one hundred twenty-five million dollars. So the, I think they'll eventually make their money back, but it's just a flop, just because um, I don't know. Usually, it could have a much better um, reception when it first comes out. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. It's not a good reception at all. You're right; they will make their money back, and and this possibly means that the Terminator franchise is potentially dead at least for a while until they decide to reboot it at some point you know but episodes or movies uh, sequels that continue off of this one with danny still alive um as well as linda hamilton sarah connor those probably won't take place would be my guess although i mean if, if they could find the financing for it great they'll do more you know yeah, I'm literally never going to watch another Terminator after all of them. You know, Terminator 2 was the last good one, in my opinion. Um, I would never watch. Plus, Arnold Schwarzenegger is not going to be in any of them. And so it's kind of hard to have anybody else that's going to be playing the Terminator. But um, the rating, uh, it's 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Now, what I want to jump right into the grade. What grade would you give this movie? Oh, I give this one a B. It was fun to watch. It wasn't a great story. Like you said, it did repeat a lot of stuff. But it was still a fun movie. If you're into action, if you like the Terminators, if you like the whole idea of being on the run, trying to fight back against an unstoppable machine and trying to find a way to stop that unstoppable machine, it's worth your time watching. Yeah, I would honestly much rather watch Lego Movie 2 than this movie. And I remember with Lego Movie 2, you said that there wasn't really anything new than Lego Movie 1, and they, you know, rehashed all the same stuff. This was even much more worse than Lego Movie 2 in rehashing. So I'm surprised you're not, man, you're not saying the same thing as you did about Lego Movie or even Wreck-It Ralph. Like, they just used all the same stuff, and they did it over again. And I'm kind of thinking, I thought you would have given it to, like, a C or a D. So my grade, I give it a D+. Plus. Um, and I give it a plus only because Arnie's in there and he's the only saving grace and everything else was just so, just so bad for me. I didn't care for it. So I give a D plus the plus is for Arnie. I gotcha. I did enjoy a lot of the action scenes though. And one of the coolest scenes was their flash forward. Grace has this, uh, I, well, I guess while she was asleep dreaming about the future when those crazy uh, you know, they were flying through the air. They landed, tried to get into their bunker. Then the bombs flew out, blew up the ship. And then these insanely scary <laughs> Terminators come down, splitting apart. They have these spear tentacle things coming out of them. That was so awesome. The computer graphics looked great. Um, and I really enjoyed that scene. So there were quite a few action scenes like that that made this one fun for me to watch. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Now, I want to ask you, what do you think about the... The main bad Terminator. What do you think about, not the character, but like the actor? I thought he did a fantastic job. I thought he was a great, great Terminator. Yeah, he's great. I'm a fan of his from um, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He played the uh, he played Ghost Rider. Um, and so I liked him from that. So I liked him in this one, too. Yeah, he did. He did a great job um, going back and forth between like trying to play um, different characters or accents or whatever. Yeah, I think he did, thought he did a really, really good job. I did love the new insights into how a Terminator could be so deadly, you know, being able to split apart nanotech going away, you know, like actually it seemed like it was not liquid metal it was more like a nanotech um meets liquid metal type of thing um nano would be a little more like bugs but it, anyways it was it was like the um t1000 meeting the the uh terminator 100 you know t100 so really super cool i really like the creativeness in creating that character where you have two terminators going back as opposed to just one 
I agree with you there. That was so that was so awesome and so unexpected. I was so surprised when I see that. It's like he was able to suck out like uh, she was throwing rebar at him in the truck, and it's like he kind of ate the rebar and used that as additional metal to create that little backup drone terminator. You know? Oh, is that no? No, that's not what happened. That's how it seemed to me. I don't oh, know. Maybe that's not at it. all. Got it. I I I just think that yeah. Anyways, um. I, I liked it. I'd like to have the Terminator, uh, the new Terminator was acting. Now, if they do a new Terminator, you know, it'd be interesting to see what they can do, what they can come up with. But now, if you look at the technology that is that flash forward that you said that Grace had with those little drones basically flying around and bombing, like that's pretty interesting. But back when in 1991, when Terminator 2 came out, Nobody ever knew of drones. Like we never even thought of some like little tiny things flying around like that. Um, and we watched um, what was it? The angel? No, uh, yeah, angel has fallen. Where we saw they launched like a thousand different drones, and that's how they were blowing up trying to get the president. So now the new technology has spawned new ways of telling story. I guess storytelling. And so having the Terminators be able to use these tiny little drones to attack and be bombs and stuff, totally different. From part two, which are, you know, part one and part two. Well, I just really noticed that just the new technology nowadays has helped the storyline to actually tell different stories. Yeah. And it, it just kind of relates to, of, of course, for, for ourselves. I mean, our own military is using drone technology to take out enemies and stuff. And, and, uh, we're doing that. So why not in the future? Why don't they up it even more and just turn those into bombs? You know, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, one thing also, and it, it goes into another lesson I have is, you know, if one's good, 10,000s better. Why not just send 10,000 T1000s or, you know, whatever they are, the new ones. I can't remember what the name is. Rev 9. Rev 9, yeah. Send 10,000 of those Rev 9s to literally just destroy all the humans. Like, why not do that? Why wait until now? Why only one? Yeah, I don't know. Supposedly, I guess there's some kind of limitation, but they never discuss what that limitation is, you know, to sending things back into the past. Yeah, in my opinion, it's just silly. Just literally just figure it out. Get send 10,000 of them back. And yeah. or send one at a certain time and then you know, maybe wait a couple months, send another one and then send another one all to the exact same time so they all anyways, there's like I said, time travel, there's so many holes in it, unless you're in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um unless it's that, there's so many holes. So that's what I would do is I if one's good, send back 10,000. I gotcha. But uh, this this kind of brings me back to the last movie, Terminator 2. Your lesson was, or maybe it was your money on a quarterback, I don't remember, but just sit there and wait for them to return, right? Um, that is the ultimate answer. You, all you need to do is send one and then catch Danny the next day on her way to work, you know? Um, but the interesting thing about this is AI, one of the things that they think AI will possibly never be able to do or way in the future is be creative, right? All the AI can do is put... And this is all the AI thinks to do when it programs the Terminator to go back into the past. Your mission is to kill Danny. Let nothing stop you. A, a little bit more sensible and maybe a more creative mission would be, hey, just wait till Danny's having lunch, you know, five days from now. And if you can't get her then without making a scene, wait the next day, wait the next. You know what I mean? Like they can't get creative with their missions. Yes, they definitely can't. Yeah. So that is interesting that the T-100 learned, though, over time. You know what I mean? It mm -hmm. learned, it sort of became a father and understood what he, what he actually took away from Sarah because he uh, finished his objective. And then Skynet was completely gone, all that sort of stuff. So that was really interesting. 
That was, I agree with you there. I like that. And that was the way, like the only sensible way to keep Arnold and that ter- that version of the Terminator within the story for this movie. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Now, I would say, I think I'm on to my second, or did I just, no, sorry, that was my Monday morning quarterback was to send 10,000 soldiers. Mm-hmm. My second lesson, and we'll get to your Monday morning quarterback in a second, but my second lesson was... The EMP idea and the, the kill box and all that sort of stuff, I thought that was a good idea, but me being, I guess, um, strategic or thinking as like a leader, I'm going to say, what's your backup? Like, that's your only thing is having an EMP. It has to be really close. What's the next thing? Like, if that doesn't work, if something happens, you need to have a backup, especially if you're using Danny, the one you're trying to save as the bait, like figure it out to make sure you, you are not going to be screwed over. So what do you think about that one? I agree with you there 100%. It's it's a very, yeah, I, 100%. I agree with you. Okay, good. Yeah, I just thought, I was like, EMP, good. What about the exit? Like, what about your eight, like get eight AMPs, like, or figure out something else, like be near a smelting, like, like do a bunch of other things in order to make sure you have as little chance of failure as possible. Even though you're probably going to die, try to do, put as many odds in your favor as possible. That's why in my house, I literally have guns everywhere. And, you know, they're locked up, they're ready, but I have them ready so that if there's any probability that I'm in one room, I can grab a gun if somebody breaks in. If they're in another room, I can grab a gun if somebody breaks in. Yep, yep, totally have those backup plans. But, you know, they were kind of attacked they weren't ready for the attack, so maybe they would have, just giving them the benefit of the doubt, maybe they would have come up with a backup plan, but that was their only plan at the time because they haven't even set up their kill box yet, you know? Yeah, yeah, but you're thinking, you're planning. Dude, that plan, what's the next thing if this doesn't work? How do we yeah. get out? How do we escape? How do we exactly. make sure that we die? We don't die? All that sort of stuff. Yep, totally. But yeah, that's what that's what you, I don't know, I guess me being the, the, the planner, I'm trying to figure out, okay, what's the next step? And like I said, I think it, I can't remember if it was last episode that we did or not, but everywhere that I go with my family, I'm always scanning for threats. And even if there's no threats at all, like I'm always, I put my back to, like if I sit at a restaurant, I get the the booth as far away from the door as possible, and I face the door so that the kids are their backs to the door because I want to see any threat coming. And I'm always saying, okay, if, if there, you know somebody comes in here, where can we escape to? I'm that's just the way my brain works, just because I want to protect my family as much as I can. Yeah. So, what is your next lesson? Uh, never give personal information to an unknown person. And Danny's dad said, oh, that's funny. All her friends call her Danny, but you called her Danielle. I mean, oh, geez, dude, just shut your mouth. Uh, don't say anything, but warn Danny before she comes home, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, well, he doesn't know that he's a Terminator and that he's going to get killed. Yeah, but the guy said of he's a friend he's like, of Danielle's just and a boy that wants some guy know. come in saying he's a friend and giving the wrong name that a friend would not give. He's obviously not a friend. Don't give him any additional more information. Yes. Yes. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Cool. Um, before I get to my third lesson, I don't get the time where Arnold as the Terminator, he's looking in the mirror, he grabs sunglasses pulls them up like he's going to put them on and then puts them da- back down. It's like they're trying to make a call back to Terminator 2, but it it just fell flat. I, In my opinion, I literally thought that was a waste of, what, 10 seconds. They could have, and it would have been cool if you put them on. That would have been a call back like, hey, this is the Terminator, Terminator's back. But for him to pick them up and put it back down, it's like, that's just sad. It just fell flat for me. Yeah, I agree with you. It was a waste of time on the screen for sure. Okay, cool. Cool. What was your third lesson? So... 
<laughs> Always close the door. If you're running away from something that's going to try to kill you, close the door. So when they're in the plane and they're taking off, why not close the door or even just a little bit so that you can you know, still peek out to see what's going on, but close the door so he can't come in, number one. Now, if he climbs on, and dra- that's, that's a different story, but close at least just somewhat... Um, I just thought that whole plane takeoff scene was really, really stupid. Um, and at the same time, why was that plane able to take off with all that sort of... The, you would think the military would also account for, hey, why is this plane taking off? It was going to take off eventually, but it took off too early and all that sort of stuff. I All that was just so hokey to me. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. At the time, that didn't occur to me at all. I was just in for the story and watching it. But uh, yeah, you're right. It doesn't really make much sense. But then, yeah, the main thing is if somebody's chasing you, if you're like, if you're out in the forest and you, there's a bear coming after you, don't leave the door open. Close the door. Yep. 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 We talked about that in uh, Zombieland, you know. I think it was Zombieland. Yep. 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 Exactly. So uh, let's see here. My third lesson is it pays to have powerful, well-placed friends. So they were able to get that EMP from Major Dean. And you know what was funny? When I saw this black guy step out of the van, Major Dean, I was going to, I was assuming it was Danny Dyson. Like the son of Miles Dyson is now, you know, in the Air Force. He's a major. Um, Sarah Connor's kept in touch with him, but now he's just this Major Dean. Have we ever seen a Dean anywhere before? No, no, not that I know of. Yeah, so it felt like a wasted opportunity that could have been Danny. I agree. Uh, I um I thought because when he comes out, it's like, are we supposed to know him already? Like exactly. This is just a, a sad. I mean, we have no cares for him. We have no. We just don't know anything. We just know that they had a run. Uh, he and Sarah Connor had a run in together. But that is a great point, Sky. That is a very, very missed opportunity where he could have taken over. Yeah, he could have been. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. I like that a lot. Yeah, that, I think that would have just improved the storytelling and then relating it back to Terminator 2 in one, one additional way would have been more fun for audiences. I agree, dude. Good job. All right. And then so you had said your Monday morning quarterback. Mine is um, uh, when they rode on the train from whatever to the Mexican border, they rode on top of the train, but they know, of course, like one of the goals, you know, with the way they were traveling was to avoid all cameras and avoid everything. If you're on top of the train, drones, satellite surveillance, whatever could spot you. They should have been inside the train. If it were possible, if there were seats available, they should have been hiding in the train and or at, at at worst, just hiding their faces, wear a baseball cap over their heads, you know? Yeah. And thinking of surveillance, I just heard that there's a couple places that have so many cameras that you literally cannot go anywhere without being seen or recorded by the government. And so Atlanta, so Atlanta was a few years ago had basically 100 cameras that the government had control over so they can, you know, monitor. But then they opened it up to every single business and said, hey, if you want us to, you know, have access to and monitor and keep you safe, go ahead and let us have access to your cameras. Now in Atlanta, there, guess how many cameras that the government has access to? Man, when you make me, when you say 100 uh, a few years ago, I'm thinking now 12,000. Wow, good. Good shot. 11,000 cameras Holy that they cow. have access to in Atlanta. Now, for me, you know, part of me is like, oh, great, we could catch bad guys. But what if the bad guys then had the cameras and they wanted to say, hey, I just don't like people with the name Dustin. 
and whoever has the name Dustin, let's let's target them and go after them. Then that's a surveillance state, which is that there goes all literally all your freedom. So whoever controls it is the problem. And so I think it's Shanghai. Shanghai, guess how many cameras they have? And remember, this is uh, communist China. They want to control everything. It's a communist state. What? How many cameras do you think they have? They probably have double, 25,000. Wow, you are so close. They have 800,000 cameras. Oh my gosh. Can you believe that? You can't do a thing without literally being tracked and monitored. And China's even now having emotion recognition to see, hey, let's see if we could spot any bad guys, quote unquote bad guys, before they do something. Well, all it's going to be used in China all it's going to be used for is, hey, this guy doesn't like the government. Let's go ahead and take him out. Like we can tell he's part of the resistance. Let's kill him. And so it's just, it's, I can see where we're going in technology. It's just, it's going to get uh, like big brother, you know, the, the government's going to be watching everything you do. I don't know if AI would actually take over. It's just seeming very, very scary times because with the pushing of technology as we keep going, it goes back to, again, with uh, Jeff Goldblum. I think it was, yeah, it was Jurassic Park. He said, you know, they they were so enamored with being able to, you know, how to do it and that they could do it. They never stopped to ask if they should do it. Same thing here with technology, the people doing the technology or even medicine. Like they don't even like cloning people. They don't even stop to ask, should we do it? They just keep doing it because they can. So it's going to be interesting in the next, I don't know, maybe 50 years to seeing what's going to happen. Yeah, it will be. Um, but I, I am looking forward to it. You know, the the world that we live in is getting better and better, at least for us here in America. Uh, like we've had it, we, we have it better than any time ever in the past. So, but there are some dangers in the future to watch out for. You're right about that. Yeah, yeah. So what is your prop that you would like to have? That first gun, when Linda Hamilton popped up on the scene, jumped out of her SUV and started taking, I don't know what that kind of gun was. I would take that. That was pretty freaking sweet looking. It's basically a shotgun with a drum of of um, shot in it. That's all it was? It looked it looked like, I don't know, heavy caliber bullets or something. No, it's ba- like you see that round drum at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So that's basically a shotgun. And so it has probably uh, not buckshot. It has slugs, like big oh. metal, like think of like a marble. Like the big marble size, that's a metal slug. And that's what's coming out of that barrel and destroying something. So, gotcha. yeah, yeah, that's that. Okay, cool. What's your uh, prop? I, oh man, I can't even think of a prop just because there was nothing really iconic. The only thing I was thinking of was like maybe Arnold's sunglasses that he picks up. But that's only two seconds. Like, do you have another prop that I could pick from? Because I just didn't didn't see anything that was actually worthwhile. Yeah, there was nothing else really all that interesting. I mean, that EMP could have been cool if it played a bigger part and actually had a role in the final destruction of the the Rev-9. But other than that, it was just a lot of different guns and stuff. It was just that hers was the coolest one that I saw. Yeah, it... I, I like that rocket launcher again. The rocket launcher is all, or not rocket, oh, yeah. the, the grenade launcher that shoots one. That's always fun. But uh, what yeah. about those two lunch bags that Danny's dad brought to her, dude? I forgot. I completely forgot about those. Thanks. <laughs> there you I'm gonna go. take the lunch bags. Those yep. are those are not the ones that Danny already brought. The no, ones that uh, the, dad. It's the, the the Terminator dad brought. Correct, and they everybody would see that dude. Are those the lunch bags from Terminator Three? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep, that's a good choice, Dust. I think that's what you should get. Nice, cool beans. So I think we covered. Looking at my notes here, I think we covered everything. Oh, one thing I do want to say though. 
that final battle scene, you know, on the dam and stuff, that was pretty awesome, really intense. I was wondering how it would eventually end. Um, and, and I liked, I just, I, I liked how it ended. Now, what I don't understand is how her power core killed the Terminator. I accept that it did. I just don't understand how it did. You know, like what was so special about that power core? Yeah, that and if she's human... Why in the world does she need a power cord? Like, is she all metal and inside? Like, it, it's just hokey. Yeah, it's just, yeah, and I get that. But here's, okay, I, I was looking through my notes. There's one other thing that I wanted to bring up. Now, do you remember, um, of course you do, because we just did the, uh, about a couple of weeks ago, we have Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Do you remember that movie? Of course. Okay, my, one of my favorite scenes, and it was... From the old movie, you know, Kung Pao, basically, you have a new movie taking an old movie, taking scenes, and then trying to make it fit to a new movie is really fun. But in the actual old movie, there's a group of bad guys walking down the street, and it's the shots from up above looking down on them, and they're literally just punching people and taking things and kicking people and beating them up as they're walking, just being bad guys. And there's here's some hokey dude that's just walking, that sees it coming, just walking, goes, hey, guys, what's going on? Oh, you punched me. Why'd you do that? <laughs> yep. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Fast, or like, think of that. How did that, how, how does that play in with Terminator 3? Uh, I don't recall something like that happening. I don't know. Any time, and, and now this is not just Terminator 3, it just brought my back because we just watched uh, Kung Pao, but Terminator 3 and any car chase movie. If you see a dump, a dump truck with a plow literally destroying cars in its way, stop driving. Don't try to, hey, I'm going to pass them up. No, <laughs> stop driving. Don't say, hey guys, what's going on? Oh, yeah, you hit me. You're I, I, didn't see I didn't even think about that. You're right. <laughs> Some idiots dri- driving on the roads these days, I guess. Oh, my Not goodness. seeing the danger for what it's worth in yeah, front of them. That, I just wanted to bring that up because I just love that in Kung Pao. Hey, guys, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> so this movie, Dust, was your choice. And I took a look in theaters or took a look online. There's nothing in theaters that I want to watch coming up soon. So I think we want to, I want to go back to an old classic. Um, one of my favorite comedic movies of all time. Let's watch and learn from Hot Shots Part D. What do you think? I love that idea. Let's, I, and I really, I haven't watched that in a very long time. I think it was like in the nineties when I last watched it, but I remember it being hilarious. That's back when Charlie Sheen was actually a good actor and he did a great job in that movie. Um, just so much fun making fun of Rambo, especially we just watched Rambo last blood. So yes, that's a great idea. That's right. Good time for a Rambo uh, spoof for sure. The, so. the one that thing that I remember always is at the like some part in the middle where he's actually fighting bad guys. You hear somebody say "Alaga hamburger." <laughs> I don't know why that that line "Alaga hamburger" just stuck in my brain, and I always think every once in a while I'll pull that out and say that "Alaga hamburger." <laughs> yep. There's so many funny stuff. We're gonna we're gonna have a blast watching and learning from this one. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to it as well. But uh, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And of course, you know how we feel now about Terminator Dark Fate. I was a fan, Dusty not so much, but we do want to hear your thoughts. So go to the show notes page, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 73 to leave us a comment. All righty. Once again, my name was Sky. And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with Hot Shots Part 2.